Hello, and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, health, and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. Welcome to this week's episode of the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. I'm excited to do another solo episode and dig into some more personal things and issues that I've been dealing with. Um, We've had actually some fun this week. We got to go see the Justin Bieber concert that came to Ottawa where I live in Canada and it actually felt like something normal something that was you know non-COVID tainted and it was kind of fun to just go out and take the kids somewhere and enjoy a night of music so really really happy to be at a concert again it's so funny with kind of getting that focus on things that you actually missed as a result of COVID there's been so much that has been garbage but I will say that there's been things that I've really noticed that I missed a lot and going to a live concert really showed me that I did really miss live music and and it was fun to do that again. So recommend it if you have been missing live music as well. So the thing that I wanted to talk about this week was it's actually my one year celebration, I guess, or anniversary or what have you of giving up alcohol. So I decided to give up alcohol about a year ago and it was something that I was thinking about for a long time. I had done um, like a challenge where you give it up for 30 days before and I was like, well, you know what, I did that and it wasn't that hard. Um, I knew from that that it kind of was hard at first but then it would get better. So I am not a huge alcohol drinker or was not. I um, really didn't drink much, especially with younger kids, obviously didn't drink when I was pregnant. So I've had those periods of removing alcohol from my lifestyle. But then as the kids got a bit older, it was more possible to have a few drinks on the weekend and things like that. So I started to incorporate it back in and I do love the taste of certain beverages. Being gluten-free, I can't really drink beer um, and I don't like it enough to drink the gluten-free versions I've had. I've tried a few, but I'm not I'm not fussed for them. Um, I did really like cider, like a hard cider, or um, I've went through periods where I enjoy wine, things like that. So I do enjoy alcohol, but what started to happen was I was noticing some challenges with my sleep. And this has been kind of went along with me digging into my health over the past few years. Um, And what I noticed would happen, I don't drink a lot when I would drink. I would have maybe like two drinks, but it was enough that it would disrupt my sleep pattern. So I would have like on a Saturday or a Friday night, I'd have like two drinks. And then I would notice that I didn't sleep that well that night. I might wake up. I might have sort of those racing thoughts that often go along with anxiety. And then I would not sleep well that night. I'd maybe be up ridiculously early or something and like finally just get up at like 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And then the next day I'd be very tired and, you know, not a huge deal because it was the weekend. But it's still not great. So then you're dying to go to bed. You get to sleep. You were like zonked. And then I kept, I would kind of oversleep 
because I was so tired, but then my next night would be off too. And so then my sleep wouldn't get back on track till like a Tuesday. And so I started to notice that this was happening more often than not. And it seemed to always be related to, oh, I had a few drinks on the weekend. And like I said, not a huge drinker, but um, it seemed to be enough. The other thing was, I think because I wasn't a big drinker, like I'd only have, say, two drinks, my tolerance was still fairly low. And so, you know, I'd have a couple of drinks and end up with a headache. And so I just started to notice that there seemed to be more negatives to the two drinks that I was having. So I've got a disrupted sleep cycle. I might have a headache the next day or, you know, just not feel kind of as energetic. And, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm over 40 now, I need that energy, right? Like, so that's significant to me. And then I do have a history of alcoholism in my family. So I think there's a bit of a I'm just always nervous about it. I'm just always um, conscious about alcohol um, just because I know that there there can be a real heredity to um, some of these issues. So I started to think last winter, you know what? Maybe the best thing for me to try is not having this. I had done challenges before. Um, where I had like given certain things up for 30 days and stuff. And so alcohol was one that I had done in the past. So I knew I could do it. But I uh, I also knew that I was kind of in the habit of having a few drinks on the weekend so that there would be the challenge there. But I decided why not. So uh, just over a year ago, I just went for it. And I didn't put any timeline on it. I wasn't like, I'm going to do this for 30 days or I'm going to do this for a year or anything like that. I just kind of decided that I was just going to do it and see. So of course, the first few weeks, like I said, I did notice it was a little tricky because I was like, oh, it's weekend and I could have a couple of drinks and I didn't. Um, And then I noticed as I, you know, went past about a month, I was feeling pretty good and I was starting to see some of that consistency with my sleep. So I know that I've talked about on the podcast giving up caffeine and I did that about a year and a half ago and again saw sleep improvements and I think that was another thing that really spurred on this idea is I thought well I've given up caffeine I've seen improvements from that but I'm still having issues and I don't even drink caffeine and so I sort of wondered well well, what about if I give away get away that other thing that can be, um, you know, stimulating and disruptive alcohol and and see how that goes. So I did start to see some consistency. It wasn't straight away. I would say it took a little like that month period or so before I really felt um, that I was getting into that great sleep. So I gave up alcohol in March of 2021 and then into about the spring, I was just in love with sleep and I thought, okay, this is just great. And I am going to keep doing this because I'm loving the sleep that I'm getting right now. It's making me feel um, revitalized. So I kept going. But then, of course, we came along to the summer and I thought, oh, man, barbecue season, summer, camping. It's nice to have a drink around the campfire. Like, am I really not drinking anymore? And I thought, well, I'm not putting timing on it. So I'm just going to see. I'm just going to see how it goes. If I'm at a point where I really decide I want to have another drink over the summer, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I don't know. 
So I started to think about new habits though. Um, you know, when we were going camping, I was buying like flavored carbonated water, like bubbly or LaCroix, things like that to take along with me. Um, and I just never really ended up having the alcohol. It just kept being like, yeah, I could have this instead and that would be fine. Um, And I just kind of kept going. And it's interesting that when you have that replacement of something like a can of carbonated water, um, like San Pellegrino is great for that too, that it sort of feels the same as it did when you had a can of cider or, you know, a glass of wine and you're sipping on whatever. And I just didn't really miss the alcohol part of it. It seemed to me that it was more the ritual that I enjoyed of I'm going to sit down around the campfire, I'm going to relax, I'm going to have a drink that I like the taste of, even if it's not alcoholic, it still feels nice. So I did really not have any problems. One of the huge benefits that I noticed, especially camping, is that if I would have a drink around the fire, I would always end up waking up in the night a lot to go pee. And so I wasn't having that issue and I was sleeping way better in our trailer, which was great because last year I slept okay, but um, or or the previous year I slept okay in the trailer, but last year I was like out like a log. So it was really beneficial for that. And I, same thing, I thought, well, hey, I'm not giving up these great sleeps camping just to have a drink around the fire. It just doesn't seem worth it. So I kept going. Um, and and it really wasn't a problem. I didn't have too many issues. I know there can be like a lot of peer pressure around alcohol, but I really didn't have too many issues with that. Um, you know, partly with COVID, things like that, I just wasn't that much in an atmosphere where people weren't aware that I was, you know, just not really drinking and that I was drinking something else and people didn't really seem to care. So that was a huge um, thing for me. It was eye-opening to kind of see to go through a whole season, two seasons, I guess, because I did the spring and summer and kind of, you know, do it differently, not even worrying about having alcohol at all. And, and that's what it really seemed like. It just wasn't even a worry. Like I didn't have to go buy it. I didn't really care. I would bring whatever else I was liking to drink and and that was it. So then we got into the fall and I remember thinking that like, hmm, this will be different too because we're going to like head into the holiday season. And, you know, a lot of people have drinks around the holiday season. New Year's Eve, Christmas, maybe have a glass of wine with your Christmas dinner, right? Like there's, if you notice it, there's a lot of things that kind of include alcohol or could include alcohol, right? So I thought, I don't know, again, I've not been drinking Maybe I'll see what happens. Maybe over the holidays, maybe New Year's Eve, my birthday's over the holidays. Maybe one of those days I am going to want to have a drink and I'm just going to see. And, you know, again, I went through Christmas without too much of an issue. We, um, I was doing a lot of nice like mushroom hot chocolates in the evenings, which was great over the winter and that fall period. Um, you kind of get those adaptogens from from the mushroom hot cocoa, and I love a good marshmallow and a hot chocolate, so that that tasted great. Tasted probably better than any alcoholic drink. And then as we moved into Christmas, I did something a little special for our Christmas meal. I ordered 
um, through a local market, an alcohol-free um, bubbling cider. And it was fun because it was pear. It was a pear-based bubbling cider. And we put it in wine glasses and the kids could have some. And so that was actually kind of special and, and fun. And I hadn't had that. And then I went um, to my dad's over the holidays and same thing. He bought like an alcohol-free um, wine, like bubbling wine for me to try. And so that was kind of fun too. And New Year's Eve, same thing. I I stuck with my bubbly and hot chocolates and enjoyed that. Of course, my hot chocolates are more cacao-based and they're dairy-free, so a little bit different than, than others, but um, that was totally fine. And we spent New Year's Eve with friends and I enjoyed it and really didn't miss the alcohol part of it. Um, and I actually stayed up till midnight, which was surprising too, because I remember thinking, I don't know if I'm going to have the energy. <laughs> Uh, without the alcohol, but I totally did. So um, another non-issue really in in working through uh, what's been the last year, not drinking at all. And then in the winter, of course, I've enjoyed my decaf teas in the evening. Um, I, I love those settling down. Again, that ritual of everything's finally done, the lunches are made, the kitchen's all cleaned up, my work is done for the night, I'm going to have a nice hot drink and just cozy up. So I, I've kept that ritual for sure. And so I think overall, I would say it really hasn't been that difficult to go a year. And if you would have asked me a year ago, like, hey, would you give up drinking for a year? I probably would have said no, just because even though I didn't drink that much, it was just something that I thought, yeah, there's always these occasions where you kind of end up having a few drinks. And it turns out that there's not that many of those, of those occasions, really, um, for me anyway, when, when I sort of looked at the bigger picture and I recognized all of the trade-offs that go along with having those couple of drinks, like feeling sluggish, like disrupted sleep. You know, I take a lot of vitamins and I do like um, certain supplements and watch my diet in a way that I'm trying to keep my energy up with lots of protein and I exercise every single day. And I just started to think, yeah, I'm doing all of that, but then I'm willing to trade that feeling good and and all of the effort that I'm putting into to have a drink at night on a weekend and then maybe not feel as good as I could the next day. And at this age, I really feel like I want to maximize those days that I feel good. You know, um, I think there's so many days where you maybe don't feel that great and it's good to be able to capitalize on as many as you can. And that's sort of where I'm feeling alcohol doesn't help me. And I think there was a big push for me because I do have challenges with anxiety at times. And I knew that alcohol can make that worse, just like caffeine can. And that's where I was really thinking, okay, I need to keep peeling back these layers and I've done the caffeine, you know, it's been a year and a half of that. And at, at the point that I gave up alcohol, I was six months into that. So I knew that there were benefits that I was seeing. And giving up caffeine is also very challenging because there are certainly days where I'm not feeling the energy I'd like. And I think, oh, you know, if I had um, a caffeinated tea or uh, caffeinated coffee, I'd get a little kick. But I do know that then there's going to be that downside of, you know, 
the racing thoughts or not feeling that great uh, stomach-wise or maybe not sleeping that well. And so I think that really opened me up to seeing that bigger picture of some of those trade-offs and and then sort of peeling back, like I said, that onion again and deciding to apply that to alcohol as well, um, which, you know, can really be a social thing. I think one of the things that's interesting about caffeine is it's very easy to just do the exact same thing and say, I'm just going to get decaf, right? Like you can go out for coffee with your friends. You could get a decaf latte. You can get decaf tea, decaf coffee, you know, a steamed almond milk, something like that. And it feels and looks exactly the same. And I think with alcohol, that's one that's different is it's it's much more visible to people that like, oh, she's not having anything to drink. And so you sort of feel that bit of pressure wondering, oh, is it going to feel odd if I'm not having that? And so that's what was kind of fun, I think, about finding some of those alcohol-free ciders and wines and things like that too, is that it, it did have that little special piece and it was, you know, just... Um, kind of felt felt special and it can be a lot about the glass that you put it in you know if you have a special glass that you put your flavored water into or you know your your alcohol-free cider or something like that then it can feel special as well so for me I think some of the benefits were really that I felt more present um you know one of the things that I've been working on is is kind of being more in the moment. It's been, you know, being in the thick of the feelings that I'm working through uh, when I'm working through them and, you know, not kind of being as future-oriented and not maybe um, trying to divert attention from some of the negative feelings at different times. And so I definitely felt giving up alcohol has made me – definitely be more in the present and feel those feelings. And I think not blaming alcohol for things. So on the flip side, sometimes if I would have a headache, I might think, oh, it's because I had a drink the night before. And now I know that's not the case. So I can track my health a little bit better. You know, I'm starting to see things around my cycle a lot more clearly too, because I'll notice, um, it's not clouded by kind of other factors like caffeine or alcohol coming in and making me think, oh, well, oh, it could be my cycle or it could be um, because I had a drink last night. So I'm not really sure. It's allowed me to track things a little bit better and get to the root cause of what's going on with my health and where I need to focus Um, my energies because I know there aren't these other things distracting me and and pulling me into those directions. So I think that's another big benefit. And then like I said, I've always kind of had this kind of guilt around alcohol just because of it being such an issue in, in my family and, and always having that worry around it that, um, I'd always feel like, oh, I need to watch. I need to always watch that. And now I feel like, eh, it's kind of a weight lifted off my shoulders because I'm not drinking and I don't have to watch it. I don't have to worry about it. I don't need to even be concerned about alcohol at all because I'm not having it and I haven't really missed it. You know, um, it was always more the forethought of, oh, will I miss it? 
as compared to being in the moment and actually thinking, oh, I'd really, really like to have a drink right now. I never felt that really in the last year, which I think has been uh, surprising and kind of empowering for sure um, because it means, yeah, I'm not really tied to this at all. Um, so I just wanted to share my story. I'm sure everybody else has either different reasons for considering giving up alcohol, um, different health things that they maybe want to try. And I would encourage you to dig into those if, if that's something that you're feeling. It took me a while to get there to kind of feel the confidence of like, hey, I'm going to try that. I'm ready for something different and and I know I can do it. It it's it took me a little while to get there. It did with the caffeine as well. I just kind of had to get get to a point and say, "Nope, I'm I'm going to try this and I'm going to do it." So, I would encourage you to do that. I'd love to hear from you if there's something that you did give up that you were surprised um and and maybe some of your reflections or if you have given up alcohol and um, have found it to be beneficial in your life, or maybe not, I'd love to hear from that. You can contact me through Instagram at Sarah Lady Gluten, S-A-R-A-L-A-D-Y-G-L-U-T-E-N. I'd love to hear from you on there. Um, and thank you for listening to my story. I hope like I said, that it maybe gets you thinking about things in your life that maybe aren't serving you in the same way that they used to be, um, especially as we age. I just, you know, I notice my body, my mind don't recover the way it did if I had a drink at 19 than it does when I'm um, 19 is the legal drinking age in Canada. Um, but uh as it does at, you know, 40, 41 kind of thing. It's just a different, different thing. So I'm, I'm always trying to keep myself as uh, vibrant and healthy as I can. So this seemed to be a great thing to try. And honestly, going forward, who knows, there may be a time when I decide that this is something that I'm interested in again. But for now, I've been able to, to keep with it and, and not feel like it's a big issue. And I, I don't have plans really to um, to go back anytime soon. Like I said, would love to hear your stories and from all of you. And I hope you're enjoying the podcast and having a good week. Thanks for listening. Have you read my novel Pendulum by S.E. German yet? If not, what are you waiting for? And if you have, I would love to hear from you. If you don't know about Pendulum, it's a heartwarming story about a young boy who starts to experience neuropsychiatric symptoms after an infection. We follow the boy as he goes through many regular, real middle grade issues like moving, having a crush, playing sports, also while experiencing neuropsychiatric symptoms like anxiety, OCD, tics, panic attacks, and more. If you're interested in checking out Pendulum by S.E. German, it is available through Amazon Worldwide where you can even see a preview of the book or you can listen to chapter one, which is on episode 64 of the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. I hope you enjoy the novel and thanks for your support. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind, this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can follow me on social media, Instagram and TikTok, 
at Sarah Lady Gluten or Facebook, Sarah underscore Gluten Free Lady. You can also visit my website, which includes author information, speaking information, and more info on the podcast at www.se-german.com. If you like the podcast, please feel free to review the podcast on your favorite platform and also subscribe because it means that it will show up for you every week on your favorite podcast platform. Also, we've just started to have the ability to support the podcast. You can find this link in my Instagram bio or visit Kofi, ko-fi.com slash learning to slay the beasts. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.